covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Uh, guys, uh, first things first, I want to start off. Uh, all new listeners and subscribers this month, it has been ridiculous. As the host of this show, guys, as you know, I am Jeff Lloyd. I, I cannot thank you all enough. This has been the biggest month in the history of the Locked On Browns podcast. Still have some days to go here. Obviously, we'll get a show here tonight. Uh, I've got uh, Ted Nguyen, uh covers the Raiders for uh, you know, the, uh, the Athletic. We're going to have him tomorrow night. We're, you know, in, uh, obviously, Pete Smith will get that in uh, for the post game on Sunday. But I can't thank you guys enough for what's going on here. The numbers have been fantastic and uh, a lot more responses, positive feedback. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, guys. So we're going to keep in like a, you know, look, you guys, as I said, if this product gets better as a team, I'll only continue to work harder for you guys. And look, if they're going to keep up their ends, I got to keep up mine. Joining us here this evening, uh, you know, obviously football coach out in Ohio. Uh, also works with Pro Football Focus. He's been on before. I do want to congratulate him. Married over the summer. So, uh, you know, taking off the market. Now starting his new, uh, starting his life together with his wife now. But Brandon Leister. Brandon, how is everything going, buddy? Doing great, man. How about yourself? Uh, it's, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a fun week. I can't lie. Um, you know, getting to talk about a win. Getting to finally talk about this franchise quarterback they drafted. One overall who, you know, eh, sat too long and... You know, and Brandon, we and Brandon and I were talking before the show, and Brandon kind of felt he should have started, you know, right out the gate week one. I kind of understood the plan, but I will not lie. I went right into that postgame show after week one and said, look, if we're going to get a quarterback who goes 15 to 40, takes too many sacks, and throws a key interception here and there, it might as well be the rookie because that's kind of what you expect. But that's a story for another day. Uh, guys, we are on to better and brighter days, and we will get to the man who, you know, Maybe one day can replace that big, tall guy, number 23, who walked out of the arena and went took his act to L.A. and maybe finally have a quarterback who can be a dominant sports figure here in the Cleveland area. Uh, Brandon, uh, now it's funny that you actually, what you just said earlier, uh, Brandon's going to make his way to some games now. He's excited about Baker Mayfield, so you see the product and you see everybody starting to buy in a little bit more. But, uh, you know, obviously, Brandon, as much as you cover football and you're involved with football, it was such a different product when number six got onto the field Thursday night. The pace of the game was quicker. Everybody around him was quicker. It seemed more of a, and I'm not saying these guys had doubts with Tyrod, and I'm not saying that at all. I think they were juiced up, and then once he hit those two big throws, I think all 11 guys on offense, every single stinking person in the stadium, it just seemed like the level of that building literally just blew up. Yeah, absolutely. It was just an electric environment. I wish I could have made it that night. Um, but yeah, he he just came in the game and, you know, you can just kind of feel his confidence, the way that he carries himself. And I think his teammates obviously feel that. They really responded to the way that he was he came in and, uh, and played right out the gate. Um, the biggest thing that I noticed immediately was, you know, the velocity, the ball placement compared to Tyrod, um, and then also just getting the ball out a lot quicker. I think on average, Mayfield got the ball out about a half second quicker than Tyrod, which that's extremely significant when you're looking at that many throws um, in a football game. Like a full half second on average is, is a good bit. So he really helped out the offensive line in that way. And um, yeah, I mean, he had like two two turnover worthy plays in the game, I think, with the dropped interception in the end zone and then the fumble. But um, in, in general, he played extremely well, played well enough to win the game. And I'm really excited to see him this week. And look, and that's things you're going to expect. I mean, those are rookie growing yep. pains. It's not going to go out 
I mean, it's rare that it, you know, it's going to be flawless. So, you know, you do expect some of that. And maybe some of that also has to do with the fact that he came in in a situation that he wasn't supposed to. And it also was the fact that they were in New Orleans on Sunday, and then they were playing at home on a Thursday night. And you look, Baker's never had a turnaround that quick in his life. So, you know, there were a lot of factors into that, so you can almost understand the mistakes. But it was just, it was just a fun, fun thing to watch. And I think you brought on a great point. And I know somebody else put it out on the timeline today. It, it is one of the things that was completely misunderstood about Baker Mayfield, and probably because he's six foot and change, and that's all he is, was the velocity. But you saw these balls, and even the the one I'm thinking of was you know down the seam to David Najoku. By the time he got his head around, the ball was literally in his arm on the five on his jersey. And you saw that these guys were kind of, it was a little bit of a quicker pace because Baker was just working that way. But the ball was getting out quicker, and it seemed like Baker had a really good idea pre-snap as to where the windows were going to be. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he he definitely was, you know, staying ready as the backup. I think he clearly did a great job of doing that. He understood what the Jets were doing. He was clearly staying locked into the game and engaged on the sideline. Um, and when he came in, he was ready for what they were doing, and I think he kind of forced the Jets to adjust what they were doing because some of the stuff that they were trying to do and it was working against Tyrod was they were bringing pressure off the edge, leaving the middle of the field open because they knew that Tyrod wasn't confident enough in his arm to throw the ball over the middle to wide open guys. So once Mayfield came in the game, they completely had to alter that plan because of the way that he was just taking advantage of those um, of those pressures, those blitzers, and just throwing it right behind him to wide open guys. Just completely changed the complexion of the game. And now here's another thing I want to get to. Um, now this offensive line now, and, and it's probably good now that it, it was the 10-day break, because now you have these five guys, and you can have them sit down, you can work with them, you got three games worth of film. Desmond Harrison, obviously, you know, you're over at PFF, we do the PFF grades, each week steadily improving, so he's finding his way. Uh, you know, Joel Batonio settling back into, you know, where his home was after he was kind of jerked around left to the right. Um, now, this also, with the offensive line, it kind of helped the running game. And, and this, whether it's Baker that helped the offensive line, helped the running game. How do you think that all comes together? But it looks like we had a lot more better cohesion as far as offensive line play on a whole, but also being able to run the ball, being able to throw the ball, and getting a nice mix of what everything, everything you know, Todd Haley wants to do. Oh, definitely, because I think the biggest thing is, like, for the run game, if the defense knows that you can't pass the ball and threaten them down the field, that your quarterback's not going to be willing to throw the ball on time down the field, so the intermediate level especially, off play action, even when there are those windows, the quarterback's not going to test them. They can just kind of pin their ears back and, and just go after the run game. You know, they can stack the box, be a lot more aggressive, whereas when Mayfield came in the game and he was attacking the intermediate level, pushing the ball down the field – they had to be a lot more kind of antsy when it came to their pass coverage. And, and I think that really helped the run game um, on Sunday, or, or I should say on Thursday, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we're going to see more balance now. And I think also from a play calling standpoint, it makes you a lot more confident when you know that your quarterback can convert those longer down and distances to be able to run the ball comfortably and maintain that balance. Because if, um, you know, if your quarterback's not able to push the ball down the field or he's not willing to, and uh, and you get backed up in those longer down and distances, then all of a sudden you're not really going to be comfortable running the ball as much because 
running the ball for three yards doesn't really get you a whole lot when you're ending up in third and eight or third and nine consistently. Yeah, and, and that's a great point what you bring up with that. And and that the thing is with with Baker, you know, with Tyrod, it seemed like if you ran the ball on first down and you did not get a significant amount. So if it was second and nine, it was like, oh man, this 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 is going to end quickly. We're going to see the punter quickly. But you get in a second yeah. second and nine situation with Baker Mayfield, he may get it on second down. But even if he doesn't, you still have you know a high confidence level that he's not going to check down Charlie or you know look to make you know nine yards with his legs. He's going to find the guy who's going to run a 10-yard route, and he's going to try and key on that or whatever, but he's going to find the open guy, and you have a lot more confidence in Baker, Meal, Baker Mayfield with two shots than he did with Tyrod Taylor. And, you know, I, it was, I don't know, he wasn't pressured the way we've seen Tyrod, but that's something that Baker's going to have to deal with, and we'll see whether or not, you know, he you know, can find the open guy or can find his mom in row seven and, and you know, <laughs> deposit the ball without losing 16 yards. But, guys, ever since I've been hosting this podcast, people have been asking me for a lot of advice. Honestly, you know, it's about what teams to bet on this week. The truth is, I can give you my opinion, but I cannot tell you who is going to win. But if you think you know who's going to win, then you got to check out my guys over at MyBookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people, bet with MyBookie. Trust me, guys, they are the best bet this season. They've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is simple and easy to use. I mean, you can do it everywhere, even if you're over at the in-laws and you're trying to get a bet in, you know, whatever. You can sneak it in. Nobody will know. I would only recommend a service that's been uh, to my listeners that's been good to me. I don't bet a lot. I usually like to bet, you know, single games, Thursday night, Monday night. I usually like to bet the full slate on Thanksgiving. It gives a nice little extra as you're getting your buzz going and shoving turkey and ham and whatever down your gullet. So, but uh, what I'm saying is, is I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win, they pay. It's simple. Gun, you know, gun final gun shows of the game. If you won, you lost. Either way, the money's getting reflected through your account. They have in-game live betting. Over-unders on fantasy points scored by individual players and the most rewarding player person in the business. Uh, with MyBookie right now, guys, they are slammed with new uh, possible new members. So they are going to give you, and obviously I already give you one deal with MyBookie, so I'm going to give you a second one. If you, re- uh, if you go ahead and create a new account after 7 p.m. Eastern, they will give you $25 just for creating that account after 7 p.m. Eastern. And now is with always been the standard with MyBookie.com. Whatever your initial deposit is, they will match it 100%. So $100, guys, becomes 200 If you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern, it becomes 225 Just simple, right, guys? Uh, uh, so, guys, with this, with the new promo, it's a new promo code, LOCKEDON25, capital L, capital O, LOCKEDON25. Visit MyBookie online today, M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E.com, MyBookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. So, Brandon, uh, one other thing now, the running game. And it was weird because a lot of us were ready to move on from Carlos Hyde. And it was, look, as far as him, and it's funny because he was the story going into it. And as the game was going on, you know, Carlos Hyde made his way over here from the hospital. His wife's about to have a baby. You know, almost a Disney-type feel. And he he basically did end up having the Disney-type game to go along with it. But nobody's going to remember it because it's the first time we saw Baker Mayfield. Um, but you know, Nick Chubb, Duke Johnson, with Baker Mayfield, is there a chance now to use all the piece, all these pieces of this backfield? Because well, the craziest one, in my opinion, is still Duke Johnson, who got a contract extension and is basically in no man's land right now. 
But this is a nice this is a nice set of three running backs. Is there is there going to be a way? And do you think maybe they're going to find a way to roll or scheme all three of them in? Because you know you don't want to feed Carlos Hyde all year long when you have two young guys. But it's time to start maybe branching out a little bit. Yeah, I agree with you that they need to start doing that. Um, personally, you know, my viewpoint on it is I think Duke Johnson should get most of the snaps just because he's the most dynamic player. Um, you know, anytime he touches the ball, you can create a huge play, most dynamic in the passing game, and also a solid pass protector generally. Um, but because the team, I mean, we know that they will be much more dedicated to the run game, I guess, than I'm speaking on um <laughs> i ex- yeah i expect uh carlos hyde to you know get the lion's share of the the carries i think duke johnson will get sprinkled in and hopefully his role increases um not only in the run game but also you know moving him outside to the slot out wide i mean he runs routes like a wide receiver he's a good running back between the tackles on the edge i mean he can do what what you want him to do as a running back. He just has to take care of the football. That's the biggest thing and also stay healthy. And then as far as with Nick Chubb, um, I just think that he'll probably get a carry here and there, kind of the spell hide when he's gassed. But for the most part, I don't think that he'll really be a, par- a big part of the game plan unless Carlos Hyde really falters as the, uh, the guy that carries the load. No, I, I could not agree with you 100% more, but, you know, I think Nate Chubb, they still have some pass blocking concerns, which I, which I get and I do understand. So, you know, that's yep. something he is going to have to work on. Um, maybe watch yep. some uh, Jamal Williams from the Green Bay Packers because that dude seems to be getting it done. So, Nick, if you need any help and you're listening, that might be a guy you want to pick uh, look into. Now, defensively, uh, I won't go D-line first because look, I always want to go to the defensive line. That's how much fun it is watching these guys. But... Uh, we were talking, uh, Demarius Randall has been a huge addition because he's been able to man that spot that he's manning. But, and obviously, and, you know, I was a little nervous about the Denzel Ward selection at number four overall because taking a cornerback at four overall, you are expecting a tremendous amount. You're talking, you know, you're hoping for a Hall of Fame type career. But you want to know what, to this point, Denzel Ward has looked the part and, you know, I, I, you know I, the pause and hesitation I had with the selection when it was originally made, I, I ain't got none of that now. Denzel Ward's getting it done, Brandon. Oh, definitely. He's he's a great player, dynamic athlete. Um, I think he's even better actually playing off than I expected. You know, at Ohio State, most of the time he was pressing, played a ton of press man there. That was the reason that they loved him so much and took him so high. I mean, he was the highest cornerback drafted since Charles Woodson back in the 90s. So that just... You know, that just shows how much they Who's they love the player. Hall of Famer. <laughs> yep, absolutely, yeah. So, uh, yeah, he's just a great player. He's shown the ability to play off, play press. Um, they, they use him, you know, they use him on an island at times. He's shown that he's a playmaker, stripping the ball last week. I mean, that was a huge turning point was, in the game. Oh, my God. Oh um, my God. And then multiple interceptions, you know, covering Antonio Brown and doing a great job, even though he's given up what was it, two two touchdowns so far or something? I mean, he's had great coverage on, I think, both plays, if I remember right. I know he did on the Antonio Brown one. So when you're going against those top flight wide receivers, you're going to have those things happen from time to time. You're going to get scored on. It's just the nature of the position. Um, when you're when you're in a league with these great quarterbacks and great wide receivers, that's, that's just going to happen. But he's clearly a playmaker. And, um, you know, everybody, I mean, we all love Miles Garrett so much. 
But I think at the end of the season, you're going to be able to make, there's going to be an argument that can be had between who the most valuable player on the defense is. I, I don't think that it's just going to be Miles Garrett in a runaway, you know, he's not going to just run away with it. I think Denzel Ward will be in that conversation and there will be a legitimate argument that can be made for, for either guy. And I think part of it, though, is, is you know, and, and, you know, a Demarius Randall, if you wanted to give your vote that way to get Jabril Peppers and Derek Kindred in a more comfortable roles, he's been able mm-hmm. to come in and just lock that spot down. And it's been, been fun to see, um, you know, and, you know, there's going to be, you know, if you're an interior defensive line guy, you're going to make your case for Larry Ogunjobi. And we're just going on and on with these names. So it's been really fantastic, you know, to just watch how this is all working out. But I do want to get to this defensive line. Three games in, seven sacks from two individuals. Then <laughs> Miles Garrett, Larry Ogunjobi, and I think it's to the point now where Larry is getting the reps that we were all screaming for last year, which was a lost season, and everybody knew that the kid had a ton of talent, but really didn't know what the hell he was doing yet. And now he's getting those reps, and you kind of see, and you know, it came out on Twitter yesterday. You see, these two guys are kind of feeding off each other. And it's really fun to see because these guys are both really good athletes. And now, you know, here in year two, picking up more technique and now have a little bit more experience and no certain competition that they're going against. And these two guys are just absolutely taking off. Yeah, definitely. It's it's such a strong unit with those two guys, especially. Um, I look forward to seeing Emmanuel Ogba come back. I'm hopeful that he can give them more as a pass rusher than he has. Um, he's been great in the run run game, defending the run. Um, they've moved him inside a lot in the preseason. Um, and then they would bring Avery up and play him on the edge. He's another young, dynamic player on the defense, I think. I think Jannard Avery has a chance to be a mainstay for this defense. Very impactful player for a long time. Just an all-around good football player. He can rush the passer. He can cover. He, he can play, a, that, he can that, play that the pa- run. The pass breakup he had Thursday night was yep. beautiful. And nobody yep. – and we really haven't seen much of that yet because they were kind of, they kind of were just using him in the pass rush role – and this is kind of what was his thing at Memphis. He was kind of a jack-of-all-trades. But, yep. you know, and they were kind of using him like in Elmas Dumerville as a little bit of an undersized pass rusher. But go ahead, bud. Right. He's a hell of a player. And, um, yeah, and like what you mentioned with Ogunjobi, I mean, I think he's he's in the, a perfect role for him at nose. I mean, he's he's very difficult to move in the run game. He can get in the backfield, make plays, but he can also just beat up on centers all game long because he's more athletic than they are. And uh, and then you move Miles Garrett inside on pass downs. They do that a ton, just like they did last year, and I love it. I mean, you put him inside over a guard, and then send some you know speedy, athletic, smaller guys off the edges, and you just create mismatches. I mean, you can take Miles Garrett and you can just put him across from whoever the weak link on the opposing offensive line is. <laughs> exactly. So so I just I love what they're doing, and you know I was very hard on Greg Williams in the off season, and I th- I think it was. Like it was deserved. I think it was very deserved. But at the same time, with this with this much talent that they've added to the defense, I'm impressed with what he's done to this point. I hope that it continues for the rest of the season. Yeah, and, and that's the thing with Greg. And uh, you know, you know, well, I'm I'm sure he's listening because he always listens because he critiques every show. Hiram, if you're listening, uh, you, you tried to come at me today. No, Greg Williams was not a good defensive coordinator last year. You never drop Danny Shelton into coverage. Uh, I don't care that Jabril Peppers had to play free safety. It was a mistake, and you could have crippled a rookie. Now Greg Williams has more pieces, and I was actually talking with uh, Brendan Pre-Show here before we recorded. Last year, the defense kind of went, bam, 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 and then he stopped. And now when you talk about the guys that they have confidence on putting on the, putting on the field, 
It's blah, 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 and it goes on for days. It's 13, 14, 15, 16 deep in guys that they have confidence in taking reps. Well, another guy we didn't, haven't even mentioned yet, Terrence Mitchell. Here, they signed a, they literally went to Costco and bought 78 corners this offseason. And I think, obviously, they probably had a really good idea they were going to draft Enzo Ward. And, but they went to Costco, grabbed a whole bunch of guys, and figured who was going to step up to be the number two corner. And Terrence Mitchell has done a really good job of that, Brandon. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he's shown that he, he can be a playmaker. I mean, he gets his hands on the football. He's very solid in that role. Um, they don't, I haven't seen them press him quite as much as they do with Denzel Ward, but he's very comfortable in that off if the, in that off role. Um, they give him a little more help than they do with Ward. But yeah, he, he's been a great addition to the defense. I'm very happy with him to this point. Um, and then another, I mean, another player we haven't even mentioned at this point is Joe Schobert. I mean, <laughs> Greg Williams talks about him as, the smartest linebacker he's ever coached, I think, him and his son. You know, his son is the linebacker's coach, and they just they speak so highly of him. It seems like he calls out plays before they even happen half the time. I mean, he's instinctive guy. He was in the, he was up near the top of the league in tackles last year, and he also, um, you know, he hasn't even missed a snap. I don't think since the beginning of last season. He's played every single snap of this season and last season. So that just shows, you know, he's been an Iron Man um, on that in that defensive linebacking corpse and i just really impressed with him too so yeah they just have guys all across the defense they have names across the board and it's just such a fun unit it's definitely one of the top units in the league so far this season i just hope that they can continue playing that way and the and the craziest thing is though is is you look at this and every one of these guys we're talking about we're talking about i mean other than demarius randall we're talking about first second third year guys so i mean you're talking about a, a defense where the core of it is 25 years old or less. And it's not that they're just good players. Right now, they're they're trending towards, you know, Pro Bowl-type guys. And I hate to use the Pro Bowl thing, but, you know, but that's where these guys are headed. I mean, every one of these guys. And the thing with Mitchell is, with your number two corner, like, you understand there's going to be, you know, like, he's just not going to be what your number one corner is. But when you get the turnovers that he's created... But, I mean, for this unit, for the age they're at, and look, there's still $60 million in cap space, and there's still more draft picks. It's And not to mention that they're 1-1-1. One, one, and, one, and, you know, look, maybe what do you need? Another body? You know, maybe another body on that D-line? But as far as the rest of it, you know, oh, well, maybe we'll draft a young cornerback that we think is athletic, and, you know, we can groom. But the defense, it's, it's just been so much fun. And the one thing I keep yelling is, Brandon, is this defensive line, we're trending towards they need a nickname. We're getting close. We're getting really <laughs> close. Where And I know all these Cleveland t-shirt guys are out there because there's a million of them I talk with. Guys, you, I, where is it? I want the Locked On Browns Cleveland defensive line t-shirt. Somebody come up with a creative nickname. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I really hope that they can take this group of three, I think. I think it's Garrett, Ogunjobi, and I I, I include a- Avery in that because he plays on the edge. But I really what, hope Ogba. I'll be the f- I hope. I'll, I agree with you on Emmanuel Ogba. He's so disrespected. But I, I would jump up to be the fourth guy in this rotation because yeah. <laughs> nobody's going to block me. They're going to block the other three. Yeah, I just hope that he steps it up. That That's kind of the point I'm making. Just as a pass rusher, I hope that he just really comes into his own this year, gets healthy. I think that's huge for him because to this point, he's – been kind of a disappointment for what we expected when he came out of college. Um, he's been exceptional in the run game. I, I'll say that up front. He's been very good there. I just want to see more as a pass rusher. If we can turn it into a foursome instead of just a trio, I think that is 
where it'll be a lot of fun with the t-shirts and all the stuff that you were just talking about. Well, there you go, guys. Now, me and Brandon have painted the picture. You guys got to come up with the nickname. So give me the golf court, the golf cart with the four guys in there with their heads on it. And then you guys come up with the caption. You guys are the ones that sell t-shirts. I do the podcasting. So I've started painting the picture for you guys for the t-shirts. I think the thing right now with Emmanuel Agba, and he was really playing well last year. I think the biggest issue for Emmanuel Agba right now is there's being okay to play football, and then there's being 100%. So I do believe that's the one concern we have. Obviously, you know, had the surgery, uh, you know, dinged, dinged up again. And, you know, injuries are a concern with Emmanuel Agba, and, and it's tough to deal with. But he's not going to have to, I mean, you know, when he came in his first year, you know, he was almost looked at like the promised guy, like we need you. But now there is so much around him, and it's almost where maybe if he can just ease into a veteran role where it's, you know, I might see some one-on-ones against the right tackle or kick him inside. There's a lot you can do, but it's it's just a fun group, guys. We've had Brandon Leister on here on uh, with us here, you know, breaking down uh, obviously where the Cleveland Browns are, uh, you know, locked on Browns to all the new listeners, all the new subscribers, everybody. I do appreciate you, Matt Williamson. Locked on NFL does a fantastic job with his show. The Monday show he has, you know, locked on hosts on whoever, you know, whatever teams had the you know, craziest, biggest games over the weekend. Tuesday you get Sage Rosenfeld. Uh, look, as the game just gets more and more and more on and more offensive, you get an uh, you get a former NFL quarterback breaking down stuff for you. Wednesdays you go PFF with Mike Renner. Thursdays you get Mike Sando from ESPN. Friday, you know, Matt sit down, break down all 16 games for you, give you his you know uh, you know how he would bet, what teams he would bet on. So uh, check on Matt Williamson in the Locked On NFL podcast. Uh, Brandon, before we actually go ahead and you know take this one home, I do want to talk a little bit. Uh, we're headed to Oakland here, and it's an interesting game because for Oakland, this is probably it. If if they don't produce a win Sunday, you know John Gruden and his draft picks, and you know I hope that this is my biggest concern is I hope they have somebody in that building who can study the draft and knows what they're doing because uh, you know they're going to need to hit on these because it ain't looking too pretty. Give me some initial thoughts on what you've, you've thought so far from the Raiders. I mean, 0-3 uh, had the halftime lead in you know each and every game. So, And we, we've kind of been joking about this here for a couple of days. So if they've led every game at halftime, maybe having a defensive pass rusher who can get a strip sack per game would have been a nice guy to have around instead they chose to trade him. But some initial thoughts here on the Raiders. Yeah, so you have to start with the quarterback position. Um, I think Derek Carr, to this point in his career, he's definitely been up and down at best. Um, I think he had probably one, one and a half good seasons to this point, and now he's kind of just very like middling, I would say, just an average starting quarterback. Um, he doesn't scare me too much. I think with the Browns' coverage on the back end, their pass rush up front, I think they're really going to give him some problems. They should at least. That's that's the key with this game. Is two, week, the, two weeks in a row. Exactly. Yeah, the, and the big thing is, like, the Browns are more talented. This is one of the first times we've said this in a long time, but they're more talented than their their opponent, and they just need to come out and prove that for four quarters. They haven't put a full game together in I don't remember how long, probably since 2014 at some point. So it's time for the Browns to put a full game together. They need to get after Derek Carr. He is he always struggles against pressure. Um, and then since Fresno. Yep. Exactly. Since college, he's always struggled against pressure. Um, when you look at their defense, there's not a ton of big names that stand out, at least to me on paper. Um, I'll, I'll be honest, I haven't really watched them closely this year, but I, I do follow you know the NFL as an analyst, and I just there's not a ton of names that st- stand out to me on their defense. I know Garyon Conley plays, and I know um, 
the safety from West Virginia. His name is escaping me right now, but it's just Carl not Joseph, a who apparently doesn't yeah. play much anymore. He so. doesn't. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I so mean, I just, well, this is where John Gruden's at. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the team just doesn't have a ton of top end talent on it. I think that I think Amari Cooper is a top talent, but they haven't been able to get him the ball. It seems like for the past, you know, two years it seems so, or at least I haven't heard a ton about him. So, nope. um, the Browns just. Like I said, they just need to dominate this game from start to finish. That's what they need to do. Just come off, you know, come off the plane after the long road trip and just set the uh, set the standard from the beginning. Hopefully, Mayfield comes out, plays great, and uh, you know, I think it'll be a tough competitive game. The Raiders will definitely be desperate, and we've all seen how that works. The Bills were desperate this past week, and they kicked the Vikings' ass. So we've seen how that works in the NFL. When these, you know, they're all professional athletes. They all have some degree of talent. But I think when it comes to the top-end talent, the guys that can make game-changing plays, the Browns absolutely should win this game. And, and it, like, that's the first thing I think, because like, I'm thinking of the game, like, well, the opening coin toss. You know, wow, well, well, the Browns win the coin toss, but defer. Okay, the Dolphin, defense gets to stick to field first. That's good. Um, Raiders win, they defer. Okay, Browns offense gets to stick to field first. It's Baker Mayfield. Like, either way, you're kind of, like, excited about how it can play out. And you look, I mean, whether you can get the defense to shut them down quickly and you, know, you force a punt and now you're cooking from your own 35, 40-yard line or, you know, Baker gets the ball to 25-yard line and you, you kind of want to see what the kids got. It, it's going to be fun, but I think this is a game. And one of the things we had talked about is, you know, it's, you know, when the talent level is close to winning as far as what you have on your roster, then it comes down to whether or not these guys know how to win. And, you know... The most important thing, the way that went Thursday night, winning that game, was that Baker Mayfield, Baker Mayfield ended up playing the last, you know, 32 minutes because they won with the guy they're going to ride with here, and you know, the whole ride or die theory, and the fact that you know, and we talked about it with the defense, you know, almost all of these guys under 25, and Jarvis Landry ain't that old, and you know, all the you, you got a really solid core here of guys, you know, 26, 25, and under, and now they, you know, the win just kind of brings everybody a little closer, but it also understands that, you know, the whole theory of I am my brother's keeper. I know I got your back. You know what? You've shown up here. You've shown up there. And I think it's a really good feeling. And I'd be shocked. But, you know, for me, I think the Browns could, I think the Browns should win this game by double digits. Yep. They definitely should. Hopefully this coaching staff can prove to us, you know, I think that many of us still have questions about the coaching staff with Hugh. I mean, we all know the record. Hopefully this coaching staff can prove to us that they can get these guys ready on the road in a big game that they need to win and get them ready to play. To get ready for. Exactly. Get them ready to dominate. I mean, that's what it needs to be from start to finish. That's what it needs to be this Sunday. Absolutely. Uh, Brandon Leister guys uh, works over at PFF. Uh, you know, obviously, coaches ball. Like I said, guys, he is a newlywed enjoying the good life. Uh, Brandon, got, I'll just give you one little sl- one little sliver of advice. Wait on the kids. Wait on the kids. <laughs> enjoy the enjoy the newlywed life for a little bit of a while. But guys, go ahead, Fred, uh, follow Brandon. Uh, you know, uh, listen to all. You know, uh, read what he does. Uh, you know, wise mind. Uh, you know, I always appreciate when he can find some time here. I end up with a tough spot here in that Friday Saturday area because a lot of these guys. You know, out in Ohio area, they are on, you know involved with high school football, so they're very busy with that. So it was good I could get Brandon on here this evening. Guys, go ahead, follow the show at Locked On Browns. I keep the Twitter account and follow back account. You guys are just so good, and you guys DM me with people you want to hear. And look, I guys, I, I have no bones. Uh, I'll throw a DM anywhere. I, what am I going to do? Get told no? I don't care. 
So, you know, I do appreciate with that. Follow me personally at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Uh, until we talk tomorrow night, guys, uh, let's go Browns. LGB on the LOB.